are listening to the Elephant in the Room podcast with your host, Sutha Singh. Each week, we will bring you a diverse range of inspiring speakers on issues of inequality and inequity. You will hear stories about fairness, justice, belonging, and about best practice for creating a more inclusive workplace. So, if you are an individual or leader interested in a fairer, equitable, compassionate society and workplace, this podcast is for you. My guests on the Elephant in the Room podcast this week are Parijat Kosh, Team Coordinator, Research and Advocacy at Pradhan, and Suparno Chatterjee, Executive Resource Mobilization, Communications and Partnerships at Pradhan. Good morning, Parijat. Good morning, Suparno. Thank you for agreeing to be a guest on the Elephant in the Room podcast and to be here today to talk about gender-sensitive communications and the importance of inclusive language in organizations. Thank you so much, Sudha, for inviting us. Good morning, Sudha, and uh, thanks for bringing us here. And it's a great opportunity to speak with you on this initiative that we have started in the organization. So looking forward to the conversation. So to start with, tell us something about what you do at Pradhan. Should we start with Parijat? I am Parijat. Presently, I work with Pradhan's research and advocacy team. And as far as my interest area is concerned, I am interested in Adivasi livelihood because uh, we are working around the questions related to Adivasi livelihood. I am also interested in the subject of gender equality, both within the community uh, with whom we work and also within the organization. I am also a member of the steering group uh, that is integrating Pradhan's initiative uh, towards making the workplace better for women as of now. And I'm hoping that it will talk more about inclusiveness. Thank you, Parijat. Suparna? I joined as a development apprentice and after a brief stint, I joined the operations unit. And uh, since 2013, I started working in communications and ever since I have been communicating about Pradhan. So I love communicating about Pradhan. Thank you. So let's get started with the questions. I think it was mid last year that Pradhan decided to embark on this initiative. We were talking about engaging on the issue of gender sensitive communications and usage of inclusive language in the workplace. Do you believe that this exercise was of strategic importance to the organization. And I'm also interested in hearing what you think about the sector because, you know, the sector is also not very inclusive. And if you think it was strategic, why? So I'll go back to Parijat again to start. Let me first start with how Pradhan embarked on the journey, why Pradhan took up this whole initiative, not only the gender-sensitive communication, but the whole initiative of making Pradhan a better place for women. So. The skewed percentage of women actually has been a concern in, in Pradhan for a very long time. So I joined in 2004. And since then, in almost every annual retreat, this issue was highlighted. And finally, uh, in 2014, Pradhan uh, formally instituted a scoping study to understand the reasons for the same why this ratio is so skewed, what are the struggles women go through and what are the hindering factors for continuing in Pradhan, areas of gaps. So based on that understanding or findings, some strategies were instituted 
One is Women Caucus for all the women in Pradhan to act as a pressure uh, group as well as a support group for each other. And uh, a regular uh, gender audit within the organization in all work units so that we understand the status, present status of the situation and find the gaps and plan according to that. And the third thing was we designed a curriculum for the newcomers. In the newcomers are called development apprentices in Pradhan. For them, we designed a, a gender guide, which talks about uh, gender equality within the organization. At some point in time, these were uh, kind of all independent initiatives. There was a need to integrate all those so that uh, all these initiatives, whether we're moving towards the desired direction or not. So in 2017, a steering group uh, was formed and the role of the steering group was to kind of see uh, the impact of the, all these initiatives, the points of integration, etc. So based on the experience so far, SG worked on developing a strategy. They came up with a strategy paper last year in 2020-21. And in the strategy, the importance of gender-sensitive communication came up as a very important area because all the time we work with human beings, both outside, inside, with community, we talk and communicate all the time and that is our work. Therefore, our communication actually says a lot about uh, us, who are we, our gender biases, our gendered relationship with the organization and community we work with, uh, with colleagues, and our stance towards gender equality. And therefore, uh, we started uh, work towards sensitizing ourselves about this gender-sensitive communication in inclusive language, and we started taking help from you. That's the journey so far. So, Parna? Yeah. So what Parijat said is absolutely that's how it has been in Pradhan. But addition to what she said, I would think that Pradhan has been working essentially for women empowerment. We found that when we reach out to the poorest of the poor, these marginalized sections, smallholder farmers, they have been put aside from the mainstream works of development. But if you look at the condition of the women, irrespective of their age cycle, the life cycle, you see that they are at a more disadvantageous position in comparison to the men folk. So there is poverty within poverty. But when you look at the people who are talking about these issues, who are identifying these issues, who are working with those women, are men, mainly, majorly. If you look at the percentage that Parijat was referring to, that is heavily skewed towards men. And at the same time, it's not about just women empowerment, but you're talking about women's leadership in community-based organizations, how women will lead the process of change. Who are talking about that? Who are guiding that process of change? Again, a set of men. And the organization which is talking about women empowerment day in and day out is led by men since its inception. Uh, the ED and various other key positions in the management have been heavily occupied by men. So what do you do to change this situation and address this situation, address this situation in terms of the gap of what is being preached and what is being actually practiced? So we kind of realize that there is a gap and what is that gap and how do you address that gap? So that's how Pradhan thought of embarking on this journey of practicing gender equality and thinking in terms of gender sensitivity inside the organization as well as outside the organization. 
very interesting points that you've made, Suparno, because we know that the industry, especially the third sector, which works largely with marginalized people and women are led by men. So I think it was time to do something about it. How did you build a business case for doing something like this? Because it's not that Parijat in isolation can do this or Suparno in isolation can do this. The organization, there has to be openness at all levels to engage on the issues that are being raised and being spoken about. Right. So uh, fortunately, as I shared earlier, that in 2014, the leadership management unit, which is a top leadership note in Pradhan, Mm -hmm. that time it was called management committee. They Mm -hmm. decided to institute this coping study. So in the scoping study, uh, they came up with a long report uh, describing the reasons and also they came up with nine recommendations. The reasons were discussed and then jointly we came up with uh, these uh, three-pronged strategies to initiate with, which I shared earlier, the caucus in a non-formal space. Non-formal I'm saying because it is uh, approved by the organization, but it's not formal in that sense. So uh, women are, I mean, supposed to be encouraged at least in participating caucus meetings and support each other and come up with issues and inform the organization. Similarly, the gender audit in the formal space, formally to get feedback on what is the situation and orienting the newcomers from the beginning on the issue. So these three strategies were decided by the leadership group. So in that sense, from the beginning, officially we had a buy-in that we are going to do this. Uh, But when we actually do something, then you can feel that resistance. For example, when women were going to caucus meetings, so there will be comments like, uh, uh, so you are going to your complaint group. We are fearful, so we cannot talk with you. We cannot give you feedback because in caucus meeting, we'll go and uh, complain about that. But gradually, we continued. And probably the perception of Tadanites also changed that this is not about uh, what we are thinking. I, I would not say that it is smooth yet, but... Definitely, the situation has improved a lot. They also contributed in identifying issues where policies need to be formulated. So uh, in consultation, we came up with new policies and all. So in that sense, it's a long process. As I shared that the study was instituted in 2014, and now we are at 2022. So it has been quite a long journey. And we can feel the gradual improvement, but obviously we're not yet there. Very interesting to hear about some of the comments that you heard from people in the organization. So there is some pushback. How has it been received across the organization, maybe in the field offices? We are talking beyond the leadership, right? Have people been open, closed, or some just disinterested because they think that this is one more thing that they have to do or think of what has been the reaction or what has been the pushback like? I would say we have mixed kind of experience. All of the options are applicable to uh, our case uh, at some point in time or the other. There was a buy-in, so there was a mandate from the organization that we are going to do this. So in that sense, there was an official approval. But because we all are part of this society, which is patriarchal and hierarchical, so we have our inherent biases towards it and uh, the way we respond, that is also kind of many of the time probably unconscious, but that creates a kind of culture. There were not 
very upfront pushback, but we had to put in a lot of energy and effort to do everything that is part of this gender-sensitive communication or in the overall initiatives. So probably that is one indicator that this is an indirect pushback. There is a group who will be very proactive and everything, but it is not true for the whole of the population. Yeah, there's always some, you know, pockets of resistance. Right. And and, uh, I would say that the newcomers or the new generation is far more enlightened in this subject of inclusiveness and uh, gender equality than those who are uh, there for a longer time and older. It is difficult for them to actually accept, uh, I would say us to actually accept <laughs> that we do have biases which makes us biased or not so inclusive. Yeah. So. Superna, what are your thoughts on, you know, the, you know, pushback at the organizational level from different groups or pockets of people? So as there uh, was kind of an organization mandate that this has to happen. So there was no question of, you know, official resistance towards that. And I don't think anybody even think of doing that. People come to the first step. But as the, the various kinds of feedbacks that started pouring in after the gender audit process happened, after the Women Caucus started meeting on a regular basis, I don't think everyone was on the same plane or could take up the feedback in the same spirit universally in the, across the organization. Basically, you could always feel that there still exists some kind of a resistance or ridicule certain points that have come up or that people are trying to change certain aspects of behavioral manifestations. So, for example, the toilets were not adequately clean earlier and women used to face a lot of issues. So, women said that this is a problem and we need to address this. And nowadays, if you go to the field offices, you see toilets which are remarkably clean with some notice is no wastewater and remember to flush uh, the pot after you use it. Those kinds of very mes- basic messages that you often get to see in public. Now that they are maintaining it in a certain manner with some basic senses of hygiene and all, they say, have you visited the toilet? Have you seen how it's been maintained these days? Have you seen how clean it is? I mean, so that is something which gives you a feeling that things are not done wholeheartedly. So as Parija said, we are a product of patriarchy and that patriarchy unfortunately has been practiced across generations. It has been practiced not only by men, but women also have a major role to play in in ensuring that certain practices are sustained. They kind of accepted these kinds of social behaviors or manifestations. And now when these also are getting challenged because of a woman caucus, because of a gender audit, people are obviously a lot more uncomfortable to accept, which was hitherto being seen as a very normal. And when that becomes a challenge that, no, this is actually not what you were supposed to do or the way you should be leading your life, then obviously there would be a pushback. But since, again, it is an organization's decision that you have to introspect, you have to think through these basic things, people people have started accepting it. So that there is a general sense of acceptance. Some really great points there, Superno, and especially on, you know, this understanding that a lot of the inequities are embedded in our lives. And unless you're open and you are aware, you're going to miss out on them. Like a lot of people don't even acknowledge 
that these are inequalities, that there is a problem. Yeah, so some very, very uh, good points there. Moving on, we've had a lot of conversations since probably July, August on gender-sensitive communications and inclusive language. And there has been a lot of feedback and examples from people. But I'd like to hear from the both of you on what are the sort of biases that women and underrepresented groups face within the organization or within the communities where you operate? Uh, Parijat, would you like to start? Yeah, to the underrepresented groups, I mean, in Pradhan, we are not yet conscious about that. We have not started talking about that. As I Shopan also shared that uh, it is uh, mostly around uh, women and our uh, binary understanding on gender, but not in terms of uh, caste or uh, class or in terms of others who don't conform to this binary understanding of gender. We are not openly talking about those sort of underrepresentation as of now, but I would share some of the examples of biases that women probably face. For example, one of the findings in the gender audit was that soft-spoken women are easily accepted within the organization in comparison to those who are uh, not so soft-spoken. So then in meetings, if the same uh, point is shared by a women colleague, that goes unnoticed. But uh, when the same thing is told by a man, that gets attention. Or if two colleagues, one of them was a man and one woman, they team up for a particular work. Then there's a high possibility that most of the credit for the work uh, would go to the man. And uh, people will uh, consult the man but uh, about the findings or outcome of the work, but not so much with the women and put in effort for that. I mean, almost all the women who are taking leadership roles, for example, team coordinators, they struggle a lot to get acceptance from their team. In both cases, if they're assertive, then they're told to be dominating. And if if they're timid, they're told to be not so suitable for such leadership. Uh So the situation is changing, but still, if uh, the themes like gender or SHG, groups, nutrition, all those uh, themes are mostly anchored by women, whereas livelihood, FPOs, these themes uh, which are quote-unquote masculine, those are mostly anchored by men. Though I would not say that things are not changing, things are changing, but more or less it is still like that. So there are a long list of such examples where you can actually sense that there are biases. There is a clear instance where This, I think, was shared in one of the gender audits that when they say about some ideas, when they share something in the larger group, where they are men colleagues also, the possibility of getting heard and recognized, acknowledged for their viewpoints and basically taking them seriously has remained a struggle, a point of struggle for women colleagues. When you are meeting some other stakeholder who is uh, outside the organization, external stakeholder, if that person is a man, it is found that the person would speak to your other men colleague rather than talking to you. Or, For example, if you are a team coordinator also, a woman team coordinator, they would prefer to listen to your male counterparts rather than listening to you or responding to them. Pradhan has 
taken up a very very liberal stance and approach towards various life cycle needs of a woman colleague but despite that that's a patriarchal expectation that being a woman or the mother you are supposed to take care of the baby so it's the mother's responsibility so that is an expectation she is having back home and at office if she is trying to negotiate with her male colleagues that well i cannot to do this job or i cannot be available at this hour of the day may i do this at some other time often leads to some kind of either a confrontation or if not a confrontation then those kinds of nuances come up that she is a woman so we can't expect her to do this therefore equality that you are expecting and you have got every right to expect at the workplace often get jeopardized at the same time sudha let me tell you that there is also another side of the coin because over here we are talking about gender sensitivity it's not about just women male colleagues also in the organization and it is not only just for pradhan but outside uh, they are also having uh, similar issues uh, it's your responsibility to run the family or you are expected to take these many physical hardships or you are expected to be good in finances and plan finance accordingly for the family if you don't do that if you are not being able to do that what kind of a man you are you are you are not a man so those kinds of notions exist in pradhan also but i'm not trying to equate but i'm just trying to bring it to people's notice that unconscious bias or these kinds of biases exist on both the sides some really interesting examples and you know some of it is like classic double bind the women cannot win either way if she is assertive there is a problem and if she is too quiet there is a problem right the training on gender sensitive communications or bias or inclusive language is all very great but beyond that i think there is a lot more support that is required right if we have to move the agenda what have been your learnings from the time that we've been working on this i would say that this journey we embarked with you on understanding gender sensitive communication that actually helped probably all of us those who were part of the process uh, we have developed an appreciation and acceptance for the fact that all of us have our own unconscious biases and that impact our communication so none of us are actually fully kind of there creating that acceptance within ourselves that i also have this so accepting that fact and appreciating that probably in a non threatening way probably is the first and foremost contribution i would say at least personally to me yeah and uh, we also tried to identify uh, how we can be more conscious about these biases and how we can try to change those through conscious practices yeah we also uh, as you know started auditing the organizational poll electorals yeah. with this uh, lens of uh, gender inclusive language and we listed down areas to be improved the documents uh, would include project proposals policy or the personal man articles we write in different places job announcements we publish all of those were audited with this lens there are a lot of areas with where this needs to be modified we also thought that uh, there needs to be a mechanism for regular feedback on this process yeah. because um, it's not a constant thing we are 
constantly learning, struggling, and probably improving also. And there are new areas we are realizing that needs improvement. So therefore, we need to have regular feedback system. And therefore, we want to incorporate this aspect of gender-sensitive communication into the gender audit process. That is also one of the insights that we need to do that. There is certainly a great impact when it comes to communicating internally and externally with a gender lens, uh, with a gender sensitivity point of view is uh, one of the biggest things is that whenever you have to use person, you don't say he. When we took up this uh, gender sensitivity communication course, Sudha, your help was really, really meaningful in opening those kind of windows for us. Just to highlight the fact that it is our responsibility to become gender sensitive, to be more respectful towards our women colleagues and their various life cycle needs, therefore. In this particular case, I can tell you that when we have started being more inclusive and more sensitive towards that notion of gender inclusiveness and gender equality, we have also started thinking on the lines of including people in our communication efforts who do not identify themselves as a man, either a man or a woman. So in that case, how do you deal with them? So therefore, we kind of went back to this. We are trying to imbibe this habit of using their, them, instead of she, he. And it is an evolving thing. It will take its own time. People are still products of a very, very patriarchal society and notions of patriarchy, as I mentioned while answering one of the earlier questions, that uh, this patriarchy is a result of both men and women preaching patriarchy, practicing patriarchy very consciously. But once you start doing that, what you do is you reinforce your belief and your faith in gender equality in a more inclusive environment. So more you talk about that, more you talk in that language, which is more uh, inclusive. Yeah, so there's a lot to be done at the organizational level. We've been working as a group of people to take this initiative forward, and we have engaged internally with a lot of stakeholders. But for this to succeed, actually, people will have to take ownership of some path and it just can't be Parijat leading on it or Suparno and the comms team supporting it as the comms head. How would you take that forward? Who are the people who are integral? How will you ensure that there are systems and processes and checks and balances taking this forward? First of all, there's a group of almost 70 people who are actually driving the, the initiatives of making Pradhana better place, either in terms of gender faculty or gender auditor or main champion or uh, caucus members. They have gone through this process and they are more or less in their domain playing a certain kind of leadership role. One is that they will be engaging with their respective groups and share whatever is being discussed and designed with their peer group and with their colleagues. Apart from this, probably we also need to uh, devise some institutional mechanism to take this uh, initiative forward. For example, along with the SG, SG is the steering group, we need to take them on board. So along with them, probably we need to uh, start a process of this sensitization where we try to understand how unconscious biases actually impact our communication or what is gender-sensitive communication, how it is different from gender-neutral communication. 
because in Pradhan, we uh, always say that we are equal to everybody. So therefore, we are neutral. Our systems of recruitment and every other HR processes are in that sense neutral. So it is important to understand that uh, gender neutral is different than gender sensitivity or gender inclusiveness. And we need to devise probably a sensitization program for a wider audience. First is that. Second, we have uh, audited sample documents, but probably all the official documents needs to be audited. And the uh, language is to be modified as per the audit finding as soon as possible. And also there are some terminologies or you may say quote-unquote jargon we use in our day-to-day life or both verbal and non-verbal or written communication. Those are actually not so inclusive words, but we use them, uh, for example, the word mainstream. We always say gender mainstreaming or anything that is we are working towards mainstreaming the marginalized. But when we use the word mainstreaming, so there is a hierarchy inherent in this word. There is something main and everyone should try to be like that man. There are a list of words we came up with and there will be probably more which would need kind of discussion within the organization and come up with probably more inclusive alternatives for those words. Policies are also to be looked at from that lens. And uh, I'm not sure there has to be some mechanism where we actually are able to uh, identify and uh, confront each other, especially in terms of benevolent sexism. Mm. Uh, It is easier to identify open sexism and confront that. But it is more difficult to identify patronizing and benevolent sexism. I shall share a personal experience. We were scheduling a meeting at night. And it was always that that group will meet either at late evening or at night. So in one meeting, I requested that, can we schedule this meeting within the official time? So very generously, the colleagues considered and scheduled it uh, within the official time. And with a comment that I had a small child, therefore it is difficult for me to give time in the night. So I was taken aback. Or if there are two um, partners working uh, in Pradhan and the man gets a transfer to some uh, location, we used to invariably think that the women would also go to that location Mm. without even consulting the women colleague. Another example is that we tend to think that women colleague would need to be allocated the areas which are nearer geographically so that they need to travel less than others. Pradhan would definitely want to take this gender-sensitive communication far more seriously and build it in every piece of communication that goes out, be it for the internal pool of staff or external stakeholders. When I say internal communication, I mean emails, informal communications also in terms of team meetings and central events that take place inside the organization and external communication be it through social media or website, the annual report, any brochure that we publish for any particular project or for the entire organization, films that we make. And over here, not only the copy that is produced, but also the photographs or the videos that are used 
to communicate about the work. Everything would have to be far more consciously done, keeping the basic tenets of the guidelines that have been developed as a part of the gender-sensitive communications exercise. So no photograph, no video that further reinforces gender stereotype or shows a woman or a man in a certain way that the patriarchal society is used to see. Those things should be avoided and we will have to build uh, a conscious structure, a system of communications which actually portrays women in certain ways or men also in certain ways which were not so commonly used earlier, commonly seen. And this is uh, all the more important because the kind of work that Pradhan has been doing and similar organizations have been doing in the realm of gender sensitivity, gender equality, and also our supporters, our partners who have been uh, funding us, who have been there supporting our work. And jointly, we have to co-create that narrative of gender sensitive communication through all these collaterals. These are things that you'll need to start considering now. I think there is a lot of work to be done. But the good thing is that you have started on the journey and I think there is an appetite largely to progress in this area. In the last eight months, was there any particular moment where you thought, aha, now I get why this is happening. I understand the connection between systemic organizational issues, the patriarchy, all of those issues and how it is impacting us. Was there a moment like that for you? There are many such moments, but I would uh, share what is the biggest for me. That is that accepting myself without feeling guilty and also accepting others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has been uh, the contribution mostly by this uh, understanding of how unconsciously we are behaving depending on probably our history and context and upbringing. So that has been a kind of point where I was at peace Mm. with myself and also with others. It actually changed my perspective towards looking at the problem. So I would say that is the biggest uh, quote-unquote aha moment you can say. So during the process of gender-sensitive communication workshops and also understanding the unconscious biases, but especially while doing the audit of our communication materials, when we started seeing things differently, basis, the basic tenets of gender-sensitive. And before we had some kind of a complacency within ourselves that Pradhan is much uh, evolved when it comes to gender-sensitive communication or, you know, talking at least when you were communicating with the world outside, where you were writing stuff, there cannot be any misses. Even though your day-to-day behavior can have some faults, some areas of improvement, but when it comes to writing things down, you are very conscious. But ultimately, when we started doing the audit, there were several moments when we figured out and we were very surprised to note that despite being very conscious about what you are writing, the way you are conveying uh, messages, you have made so many errors which are not so sensitive when it comes to gender equality and inclusiveness. So those were kind of eye-openers and therefore what we were trying to do, trying to achieve, started making sense that yes, there is a requirement of 
making an effort to achieve that sensitive communication in the organization despite the fact that the organization has been putting out so much of effort for the last decade or two decades to achieve that both inside the organization and outside in the society so definitely that was an eye opener and it can be called as an aha moment i think somewhere where we all want to be where we recognize why we have been facing or what we are faced with and what is the environment that has contributed to that so we are at the last question what are the few right. things that you are hoping to achieve personally and across the organizations broadly obviously we want to be inclusive in all our verbal and nonverbal communications but it is still a far fetched dream we have just began to understand the issue mm-hmm. and you may say we are still at the tip of the iceberg so yeah i think i and we have to work hard personally for being conscious of our own biases and practicing inclusive communication and behavior in the organization we have to probably develop systems and processes for orienting the staff uh, or for regular feedback and support system what i have realized that punitive measures probably will not work in facilitating the change rather than we need to create a non threatening environment where everyone can support each other to identify practice and improve and also be open without the fear of be getting judged and another thing which shopano has mentioned earlier that we are still doing things with a binary understanding of gender we are yet to be more inclusive towards those who do not conform to these binaries but in coming days probably we need to be consciously working towards bringing in systems and processes which are inclusive of all of us in the gender spectrum and i certainly uh, think that you are helping us to come up with gender inclusive communication manual and i'm hopeful that that will help all of us to actually have a better understanding and uh, will be used as a ready reference and there will be concepts as well as practical tips for practicing the gender sensitive communication in our day to day life so i'm hoping that this is going to be a great support well it has to be a, a very conscious effort from all of us here it cannot be the responsibility of just one unit or two units anchoring the entire process from central office but every individual in the organization needs to own up to the cause and each and every individual in the organization needs to understand the importance of it and therefore behave in a different manner than what was happening earlier what has been happening so far especially when it comes to any kind of communication we need to be very aware of the fact that every word is used with some connotation and there is no way we can defend ourselves saying that no no this is not exactly what i meant what you said and what you write is exactly what you mean to the recipient of the message in 95% of the cases so one has to remain very conscious and this i am talking about both at the personal as well as at the organizational level and the distinction between the two often gets so blurred that uh, it's very difficult to make out which is personal and which is official because at the end of the day your personality your person is getting represented in the organization through your work through your words that you either write or you speak 
so the organization which is working in this space of uh, social development of uh, women empowerment of gender equality and just an equal society if if that is the dream that you are having and you are constantly working to achieve that then both at the personal and at the organization level one has to practice it adequately so that the scope of missing out on any of these attributes become lesser and lesser with each passing day you are behaving in a manner which is very inclusive you are behaving you are talking you are conveying about your work and about yourself in a manner which establishes equality and which respects equality both in terms of women and those people who do not identify themselves as either a man or a woman and the other category of people who do not as i said identify themselves as a man or a woman so the very basic fact that you are recognizing each and every category of human being respecting them adequately and taking their opinion hearing out what they have to say every voice should matter and you are there to recognize and to appreciate your documents the documents that you are producing the letters that you are writing out your your social media stories everything should establish this fact that no this organization is practicing what they are preaching so this is wonderful to hear the policy guidelines on gender sensitive communications and inclusive language that we are designing is definitely going to be supporting the organization on the journey that it was already on there is already the mindset that we need to bring about change we need to recognize how our biases are creating issues and problems for women and i would add underrepresented communities in this conversation so i think all these are steps in the right direction and i for one i'm very very gung ho to speak because i think that pradhan has done several things that is different from the rest of the sector actually in india and the rest of the sector probably needs to also start making this a strategic priority for themselves because all of them work with people on the margins and there are often too many biases and the language that is used is not inclusive so people need to take that into consideration so thank you very much parijat and suparno for the conversation and for talking about pradhan and what it is doing to move in the direction of being an inclusive organizations not just for women but other groups also and i'm really grateful to both of you for having spent time sharing your experience and your thoughts with us on the podcast thank you parijat and thank you suparno thank you for joining us this week on the elephant in the room podcast don't forget to subscribe to the show on any of your favorite platforms itunes spotify google podcast And if you enjoyed listening to the podcast today, don't forget to write a review and tell your friends. Sign up on the link in the show notes to receive updates on our guest speakers, blogs, and events. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday for new episodes.